I got a billion dollar mindset, steady as a flow, navigating all my time spent, letting niggas know. Billion dollar, billion dollar. Hey yo, what is going on? Welcome to the show, Into the Mind. I'm your host, Marlon Johnson, and I'm a parkour athlete turned real estate investor. I spent the last eight years of my life studying mindset of elite performers and applying those lessons to my own life. In my pursuit for success, I've sought out wisdom from mentors who are doing exactly what I want to do in all areas of life. So I've asked that they share their wins and losses with me, and in my search for those answers, this podcast was born. I wanted to share that valuable advice that I was receiving from successful entrepreneurs investors and world-class athletes so thank you all for tuning in this show is for free and my guests do give their precious time to be here so i do ask for something in exchange to show our thanks i ask that the price of admission be you share this if you get any value you go onto your social media you share it with your friends you share it with your family you share it with your co-workers you share it with people in the streets look my goal is to influence 1 million people to invest in themselves and to unlock their own potential and i can't do that alone so what's going on everybody welcome back to another episode of into the mind i'm your host marlon johnson and today i'm coming to you from denver colorado so excuse the fact that i'm sitting in my buddy's apartment on the floor and you're probably going to see a dog walking through but today my guest is none other than shane sams and shane's actually extremely dope i met him a couple weeks back in florida we ended up staying up all night by the poolside just talking business talking life he was explaining and breaking down the importance of emails and i was just like mind boggled that somebody is making a living off of emails teaching other people how to do it teaching them how to change their lives and hearing his story is insane. I actually, you guys know me. I always do a little bit of research on my guests. I go and listen to previous podcast episodes, so I don't necessarily ask the same questions. But his story was so epic, that, at least to me, I thought it was crazy. And I was like, I want him to come share it again with my audience. And then we're going to deep dive into just a little bit about your business model and what people could do to apply it in their own lives. So Shane, welcome to the show, bro. Marlon, it's good to be back together, baby, man. That was a good night, man. Hanging out by the pool, just talking about everything in the universe and uh, making it all spin. But uh, <laughs> I'm pumped up, man. I'm, I'm loving it, man. I love I love going into the mind of other entrepreneurs. And uh, I'm going to open the door and let y'all into my mind a little bit. It might be a scary place down there now. This is a Kentucky mindset. <laughs> so you, you don't know, you're not going to know what you find down there, you know? No, I love it, man. You know, what I like about you too, actually, what caught me off track and what really like pulled me into you was I saw you in the back of the room while we were in Florida. And you were taking notes and I asked you like, Hey, what are you doing back here? And you looked at me and I don't know if you remember what you responded. You responded and saying like, you asked me like why I'm here. And I was like, yeah. And it was like such an intentional, the way you asked me, are you asking me why I'm here with that intention? I was like, this guy is a thinker. This guy like plans his life and lives life on his terms. And that was amazing. So let's jump into it, man. Right? Like Let's go and dive into your story a little bit of where you came from, what brought you into that road of entrepreneurship and what you're doing today, but more so really what brought you into entrepreneurship. Yeah, man. I, uh, I love that. We were, we were there watching a a fellow friend of ours do a live seminar and, uh, that's a, that's a place where I've started to uh, wade into. And, uh, man, I was there to watch the magician's hands, man. That's what I love to do. Like everybody else is there to clap about the trick, but I want to watch how the trick is done, baby. You know? So yeah. that's, that's what I was doing. But I, you know, I didn't always used to be an entrepreneur, man. I, I really probably didn't always used to be as intentional. Uh, my background, uh, you know, I'm from Southeast Kentucky, man, grew up that 
cookie cutter Friday night lights lifestyle man played football went to college met my girl got married all that good stuff and um, I used to be a school teacher I used to be a history teacher and a football coach uh, in southeast Kentucky um, my wife Jocelyn she was an elementary school librarian and you know we were educators I mean that's what we did and you know it was a, it was a kind of a winding path that got us there a little bit I actually used to coach college football um, at West Virginia University Eastern Kentucky and um, that lifestyle was so crazy man that I never got to see my wife and uh, and I was like you know we got to do something different but I still want to coach football so I actually leaned back into my teaching degree and uh, and I went out and and did those things and you know, I was just on that railroad track, man. I was going through life, gonna on my way to retirement, getting my paycheck to paycheck. You know, my paycheck, I'd get paid on Friday, and that dang thing would run out on Thursday every single time. And you know, have my health insurance and have my retirement, in the, you know, down down the road. And uh, Marlon, I would probably still be a school teacher in Southeast Kentucky today um, if something had not happened to my son that kind of woke me up and uh, and made me go down a different path. Um, like a lot of school teachers, a lot of, you know, hardworking people that go to nine to fives every single day. My wife and I had to use daycare. Like we had to drop our kids off at daycare every single morning. My son uh, was three years old at the time. He would go to one daycare and my daughter, she was under two. So she would go to this facility that was just for babies. And, uh, you know, we were, we would ships in the night, man. My wife would go one way, I'd go the other. And one morning I was trying to get my son into the daycare center and he was freaking out. I mean, like I was a new parent, dude. I didn't know like what parenting was at this time. I was still learning. And I thought it was like separation anxiety. Just didn't want to leave daddy, whatever it was. He's like, no daddy, no daddy. I want to stay with daddy. And I mean, he was just freaking out and I was already running behind for work. I was late and out of nowhere, my son just blurted out. She scares me. And uh, that made me kind of pause and it froze me. And I said, who scares you? And my son looked at me and he told me one of the workers at the daycare center. And I said, why does she scare you? And my son looked at me and said, she locks me in the bathroom and turns out the lights. Now we, I did, I did not know what this meant at the time. I just had this instinct that something was wrong, but we would later find out there was a lot of abuse going on in this uh, daycare center, a lot of really draconian punishments Um, in the newspaper. One of the workers actually was sitting on children with a beanbag chair and holding them down to comply. And my son, uh, was being punished for potty training accidents. So whenever he would have an accident, instead of helping him to scare him into not having them at, at the daycare, the lady would lock him in a bathroom and turn out the lights and just leave him in there all day. Um, so just a lot of horrific things, a lot of crazy stuff, but I didn't learn this till later. Right now, in this moment, at this time, I was in a cold parking lot, late for work, and my son was just telling me that something was wrong. I didn't, and I, didn't, I knew that I needed to investigate this uh, and I couldn't leave him at the daycare for that day. So I tried to call my wife, couldn't get a hold of her, tried to call my boss, couldn't get a hold of him. And I, I was kind of stuck because I was raised with this mentality of never late for work. You show up for work, you do your job. This is what you do. You take care of your family, blah, 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 all that good stuff. And, you know, and I, and I, but I, was, I can't take my kid into school with me like that wasn't going to work. Uh, so I did the only thing I knew I could do. I went down to my daughter's daycare facility and there was a lady there that had kept Isaac, my son, when he was a little baby. And I said, can you watch him long enough to let me run in and find my boss and tell him what something's wrong and I need to come investigate this? She said, yes, but she said, you can't leave him here all day. Please come back. So I, I run to work as fast as possible. I get another teacher to watch my class. Then I go down to talk to my boss. Well, my boss was gone, but my supervisor was there and I, told her exactly what just happened, what I, what I just told you. And I'll never forget what happened next. It was just, it was, it shattered like my entire 
viewpoint of what the world was about um, in that moment. She said, is your son in immediate danger right now, Mr. Sams? I said, no, but I need to go investigate this. I can't just let this ride. Like I got to go see what's going on. And she said, well, if your son's not in immediate danger, I can't help you because it's too late to get a sub. I don't have time to watch your class. You've got a responsibility in these other kids too. And you know, you know, you're going to have to handle your personal problems after work. I know your son needs you, but your job needs you too. And in that moment, man, I just kind of froze. Like my first instinct was, oh, well, fear. My boss told me, no, you know, I got to do what I'm told. And then like this, like righteous, like might rose up inside my chest. And I was like, no, like that can't be the way this is. Like my son needs me. I need to be there for him. And I said, what happens if I leave? And she's like, you can't just leave a bunch of kids alone in your classroom. Like you could be fired. Like you'll be, you'll be in trouble. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to have to take that chance. And I, I left and I went back to my son and uh, on the way back that day uh, to my child, I, I looked at myself in the rear view mirror. I and mean, I, I remember distinctly driving down the highway and just locking eyes with myself in that rear view mirror. And I was just so mad, man. I was just furious because not, not because my boss, not, not mad at my boss because my boss told me, no, she had her own agenda. She's got her own life. Not mad at the like daycare worker really. Um, Cause I didn't even know what was going on at the time. I was mad at myself. I was mad at that. I had put my family in that position where my child needed me and someone else felt like they had more importance in my life or equal importance to that child because they gave me my paycheck because they gave me my retirement because they gave me my security from my health insurance or whatever. And uh, made a promise to myself in that moment, in that car that day, I would find a way uh, to take control of my income. I would find a way to become and stay self-employed because income equals freedom. And if nobody could pay me and nobody had control over my money, then they wouldn't have control over my time. And if they didn't have control over my time, then I would be able to choose to be there for my family or anyone else whenever they needed me most. So that that's what got me down this rabbit hole of entrepreneurship. And it got me looking for something else besides what my college degree and everybody else had told me I needed to do with my life up to that point. Wow. So, I mean, let's pause right there for a second, because that's insane where, you know, we've heard this saying, right? Like if anyone's ever listened to like Tony Robbins, right? He always says people change for one of two things. It's either inspiration or desperation, mm-hmm. right? And you almost like found yourself in this battle between both moments, right? Where it's, you're being told essentially like, Hey, you've got to choose between your family or your life, your work. And that's, that's no choice at all. You know, yeah. but recognizing that it caused you to even pause and even contemplate you know, like that definitely, I can see how that's an eye awakening moment where you're having to even question, why am I even questioning this? Yeah. yeah. Like what, like how, what got me to this place? Like where, what, what, what I look back on, man, is like, like I considered not leaving. Right. Like it's, it's shocking to me. Like I was sitting in that chair and I was like, well, that's it. And I just remember like, you know, this little voice in the back of my head was like, get up and go, man. Like you gotta, this is not right. Like some, something was wrong, not just with what was happening at, with Isaac, but what was happening there in that office, you know? And, uh, and I, and I remember just, but I remember the fear of getting up, man. I was still afraid when I got home that night. Cause I told Jocelyn what I'd done and we were like, well, there goes half our income, you know, (laughs) at that point, like I still had that fear that night, but you know, a buddy of mine named Mark Mason has an awesome podcast. Um, he, he said, he says something similar to Tony Robbins. He says, the only thing that makes us do something with our lives is we're running towards something or away from something, Absolutely. you know? 
And, uh, and I found myself in that moment running away from employment and a running toward self-employment. And that was going to be my mission for the next probably year of my life to figure that out. Right. So at that moment, you realize you've got to provide for yourself. You've got to step into the world of entrepreneurship and instantly what you bought one, uh, one training course online and became. That's it. That's it, man. Yeah. Yeah. I read a blog post (laughs) and all was in sunshine and rainbows ever since. No, man. (laughs) Online business, dude, this was 2012. There was no online business, you know, like that wasn't even on my radar to even think about something like that because, you know, I, I was blue collar, man. I grew up in Southeast Kentucky, you know, like, and I just was lucky enough that my, you know, I got to go to college and get a teaching degree, you know? So like, that's how I was. I was just a hardworking football coach kind of guy. And I, I, I wasn't trained to do anything else. Like my entire career and education at that point was to be a school teacher. So my first instinct, man, was just go straight manual labor. I told my wife, I was like, I was like, man, listen, I'll go to the tool store and I'll get like a hammer. I'll get like a tool belt and some tools and things that go with hammers and whatever. And I'll just be like a handyman or something. I'll just go knocking on doors saying, do you have anything you want me to fix? I'll fix it. Give me 50 bucks. And I'll just start to make money that way. Cause I was ready to walk and quit my job if they didn't fire me and which they didn't thank God, but I did get written up uh, when I left. But like my wife was like, Shane, your first clue should have been, you don't own tools. Like you are not handy. Like you can't go be a handyman when you don't know how to fix anything. And I'm like, you're right. She's right. Totally right. Like I can't be home inspecting if I don't know how to inspect my own home. Right. And, uh, and I started looking at all these different things to make money, man. Like, you know, like I wanted to actually like cut grass. Like I told my wife, I was like, I make 2,500 bucks. If I can get 50 yards, pay me 50 bucks. That's, that's 2,500 bucks. That's enough money to, to go make a living. And uh, my wife was like, yeah, but you can't mow yards in the winter. Like we have to actually have money in the winter, right? That's when Christmas is right. Like it's cold outside. We have heat. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. She's totally right. And um, what got me into entrepreneurship and online business and out of that kind of uh, time for dollars manual thinking uh, was I found this podcast called the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn. And Pat Flynn now is kind of one of the biggest podcasters in the entrepreneur space on the planet. I mean, he's, you know, 100 million downloads kind of guy. And uh, but back in the day, Pat's podcast was really, really new. And like, you know, and I tuned in on an episode, the first one I ever downloaded, uh, where he was talking about his entrepreneurship journey. And I'll never forget it. I was going out to cut my grass. And, uh, man, I was back so far long ago. I had that iPod shuffle. Remember the little shuffle? Little, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, dude, like the little square one. Little square one. You had to plug it into your computer and charge it with the headphone jack. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, right? And uh, so I was loading up of this podcast onto this iPod shuffle, and I was waiting for it to do it. And I, and I went out to cut my grass and put my headphones in. I'm mowing my yard, and Pat starts talking about how he lost his job as an architect. And then he went out and he started this blog about passing the architecture exam. And a friend of his said, hey, you should create a study guide, save it, and put a PayPal button on your screen. And if somebody gives you 20 bucks, um, you can email them that PDF and you'll make money, right? And he was like, you think that would work? And the guy was like, try it. You never know. So two weeks before this, a couple weeks before this, my wife, Jocelyn, and I were going out to Muhlenberg County, Kentucky to see her granddaddy. And I looked over and I, out of nowhere, I had this thought in my head, but I was thinking about mowing yards and getting 50 yards to pay me $50. And I was like, wait a minute, forget mowing the grass. All I need is like 50 people to give me 50 bucks every month. And I would make as much as I make as a school teacher. Or if we could get a hundred people to give us 50 bucks, that would be my wife's salary too. Like that'd be about 60 grand a year. So the, really the solution to our problem is 
can I go get a hundred people to give me $50 There's 7 billion, 8 billion humans? I need a hundred. I need a hundred of it. And I, I got so excited, Marlon. I jumped up and told my wife this in the car, freaked her out. She about wrecked. And I was like, she's like, she's like, Shane, that's math, not a plan. Like, how are you going to do that? And I'm like, good point. Good point. That's why I keep you around. <laughs> I got to figure that part out. But I was like, this is it. Like, this is, this is how I can figure this out and replace my income. And, uh, so fast forward again, back to that lawnmower, Pat starts telling his story. He puts this out there and he has 416 people give him $20 in a single month. Wow. And he made like $7,900. And man, I about flipped that lawnmower off the hill, son. <laughs> I hit the brakes on that thing and I started skidding and doing a fishtail. And I was like, oh my God, that's it. That's how I can get a hundred people to give me $50. I can take my God-given passions, knowledge, skills, talents, wisdom, experience, and I can turn that into something that can help somebody one, two steps behind me. I can serve them with content. I can lead them like Pat did because he was doing like Q and A's for these people. And I was like, that's it. Like, that's how I got to do this. And I jumped off the lawnmower, ran inside. I busted in the kitchen, man. I told my wife, I was like, this is it. I figured it out. I got this. And to her credit, she didn't like pour water on me right then, man. She said, she said, that's actually pretty interesting, but this online thing, I don't know. You're going to have to prove it to me before I can really get on board with it. So that became my mission was to go out there and prove to my wife that I could make content and someone somehow would send money back that y'all, it was about as big a failure as the hardware store thing, man. I could not, dude, I tried everything. I was putting content, writing blogs, like doing, learning all these skills along the way, but just failed miserably. Like nothing. And my wife, man, she started getting real frustrated because I was spending like, I, dude, I was having yard sales. I was selling everything. I was trying to rent the kids out if somebody wanted to be, rent the kids and go just get practice parenting. But like I was selling everything we had. I was doing yard sales every weekend to buy that next course, to buy that next thing. And I was and it's, and it's so hard to duct tape and piece together everything because everybody teaches something different, mm. you know. So there was no resource for like just how to do it from A to Z. And, um, and I, and I was spending money and failing and I about gave up, dude. I was, I was laying in bed one night and I was looking at my stats and the thing I had settled on then, which is different than what I do now was, uh, like ads, like try to write content. Okay. Yeah. Monetize with ads. Somebody click an ad, you get some money for it. Right. And, uh, I was getting no clicks. <laughs> I was getting no traffic. I was getting nothing. And, uh, I checked my stats one night and there was a zero there and I was just, shut my computer and got up and stormed out of the room and Jocelyn was reading a book all stress-free and I was jealous that she was all stress-free over there and uh and I went to the bathroom to brush my teeth and just get ready for bed and I remember I was so depressed that I walked in the bathroom and I didn't even turn on the light I just was standing there in the dark the only light coming from Jocelyn's lamp from our bedroom and I was just standing in this you know half light half dark room and um it made me think back to my son and like him being in that dark bathroom and like I was and I felt like in that moment, man, I'm, I'm letting my kid down. Like I'm letting my family down. And like, I was getting, you know, really emotional. And, and I just prayed, dude. I just was like, God is, is any of this real? Like, is this Pat Flynn guy? Like telling the truth. He seems like a great guy. Like I listened to him in the podcast and, but it's, I, it's just not working for me. And like, you know, if this is my lot in life that I'm supposed to be on this railroad track and I'm supposed to be under this other person's authority and that's just the way my life is then fine i am going to accept that that's what you want for my life if it's not though just give me a sign man throw me a bone like show me something that i can keep going down this path and know i'm not doing this off or not and i finished brushing my teeth and i went into the bathroom out of the bathroom and i and i was picking up my computer and right before 
I laid down, something came over me and I was just like, check one more time. Let's just look at it one more time. We're all entrepreneurs. You've been there looking at the bank account at midnight. I know you all out there know what I'm talking about. That feeling like, ah, one more time, hit refresh, you know? And uh, when I opened the computer, there was a zero on the screen, like in my AdSense account. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and, and up to this point, dude, I had not made a dime on the internet. And uh, when I hit refresh, there was 11 cents. There was a dime and a penny in my AdSense account. And this hope washed over me, man. Like, it's real. Like, we can do that. And I jumped up and I started going crazy and I started celebrating. And my wife was like, if you wake up the kids, I will murder you. I just got them to bed. You know, and like, and I'm like, no, look, 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 look. I created something <laughs> from my God-given talents and money came back. And it's 11 cents, but it could be $11. It could be $1,100. It could be 11 people. It could be 1,100 customers. I don't know what it could be, but I do know this. It's real. And, uh, and my wife, man, she could have said anything in that moment, but, uh, she tilted her head and she said, wow. And she looked at me and went, what else can we do? And that's, that's when we came together and started talking about it. And I told her Pat's story and I told her about all the things I had learned, the cliff notes version. Um, and we stayed up late that night talking about this and we realized, um, that I was a little off base. Like, yes, you're supposed to create content, but you're also supposed to create solutions and products for people. Um, and like you have to serve people and you have to go out and save them time and save them or make them money. And you have to uh, make their life better and more joyful and free them with the content that you create with the wisdom you pass over to them. That's why they'll give you money. So we created two websites over the next couple of weeks. One was called elementarylibrarian.com. And what it was, was a lesson plan library where librarians who have a really packed schedule and it's really hard because they have to prep for six different classes, kindergarten through sixth grade, takes hours to make a lesson plan for one day. That They would log in, they could get lessons bell to bell every day. They'd never have to plan a lesson again. They could go home in the afternoons and spend time with their family. And then I made a website for football coaches and I had a playbook for defense that was really good for high school football. It wasn't like running Nick Saban's offense or Bill Belichick's. It was like, no, this is made for high school. It's made for a place where you don't have very good talent so that you can win more games than you lose. That was our whole tagline, right? Not, we're not going for state championships, y'all. We're going home happy. That's what we're going for, right? And we launched these products out and we started blogging about them. And over the next couple months, through some like guerrilla marketing tactics and things like that, we built a little bit of traffic. And Jocelyn built this little bitty email list of about 200, 250 people. And uh, we said, hey, it's time. Let's see if we can email them the PayPal button, just like Pat did. So Jocelyn wrote an email. We worked on it together, sent it out. And uh, we, had a, we had the button in there where they could give us money. And uh, the goal was to get people, hey, if you'll pay us 50 bucks, we'll give you August access to August lesson plans. And then the next month, if you give us 50 bucks, we'll give you September's lesson plans and on and so forth. And in the first email to a list of 200, 250 people, we had 50 people pay us $50. And we got our first 50 people. That was 2,500 bucks. I mean, right on the nose, exactly what we were bringing home as school teachers. Uh, the next month, it was 3,500. Two months later, it was over $5,000. Uh, 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 online, completely online. Y'all, I thought I was rich. I was like double our salary. We had double, I, I never even knew you could make that much money. Nobody taught me that growing up, right? Um, go, grows again in January, February, March. In uh, July of 2013, we made $15,000. That sounds crazy, 15000 in a month. But you got to remember, that's only 300 people. 
paying you $50, right? So we just kept stacking members into these products. And then uh, in August of 2013, we made $36,000 on our football and elementary librarian websites. We, we launched another website that year uh, called U.S. History Teachers, uh, where we had teachers doing the lesson plan game as well, made this whole curriculum for them. And then that was the moment where I was like, this is it. Like we're, we're done. Like if I can, if this is what's possible, I don't want my old life anymore. And uh, on September 27th, uh, 2013 in the same office that my boss told me, you know, your no, your I know your son needs you, but your job needs you too. Um, we resigned and said, I don't need your job anymore. And we've been location independent, self-employed entrepreneurs um, ever since. And, and, and putting that into place and creating a, a mechanism to have our own income gave our family uh, freedom. And God, I don't know how far this is going to go in our family tree, but it's, it's changed everything. Man, Shane, that's an amazing just trials and tribulation and story. And I mean, you hit the nail on the head. There was like a gem that I hope people really picked up on and listened to where it's you started to notice the conversions really started coming in when you changed the mindset of bringing value to people mm. and making sure that you had that understanding, that very clear understanding that the only reason you're receiving money is not because you're on the internet, not because you're making this random product, but because you're making a product that can provide value to a person that can save them time, teach them something, make them money or save them money. Yeah, man. And say, and, 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 and people, you don't have to, this isn't brain surgery, right? Like we don't have to solve all their problems. We just have to solve a problem, a very specific problem, a very niche problem is what you really want to go after, right? I say niche, but it's actually niche here in Kentucky. That's what I go with. <laughs> but I thought I want to make sure everybody understood me there, you know, like our problems that we solved were so specific, you know, like my football coaches, like, I'll be honest with you. I'm not the greatest football coach on the planet. I've never won a Super Bowl. I've been on some great staffs, but I've never like won a state championship. Like, hey, my first year as a head coach, I was 0-10. <laughs> like I know what it's like <laughs> to lose every game, bro. You know? But the thing is, I realized I was 0-10 because I was trying to make these kids do something that everybody else teaches. Like you go to the clinic and the big football coach that just won the national title shows you his four, three defense. And, you know, but that guy's got, you know, six foot five defensive tackles that run five, you know, four, five forties, you know, I've got five foot six defensive tackles that run five, four forties, right? Like this is a different animal, man. I can't run that dude's playbook, bro. Like it's not going to happen. So like I had to figure out, okay, we're Owen 10. We got run and clocked eight times. Like that was not good. What can we do better? What can we focus on? So the next year, we went two and eight and we only got running clocked one time. And then the next year in my career, we were like five wins. Then we had to step back and we went to three wins, but then it was like five, six, seven, eight, and two making the playoffs stabilize the program. Right? Like we figured it out. And like, um, I realized when I was zero and 10, man, I went home sad every Friday, but man, half the teams lose every week. Half those coaches out there are going home sad every week. Think about it. Y'all do the math. This is Kentucky math now. Like half of them are going home unhappy. And I was like, what if I could just help those coaches go home happy six times and four sad? Their life would be better. Their Saturdays would be better. The time watching their kids do their sports would be better. Their, their marriages would be better, right? So that's the problem I solved. I was like, I'm going to take you 
from zero to not a hero. We're going to get you zero to ground level, right? Like that's what we're going to do. And it was, and people responded to it. You know, people didn't respond to elementary librarian just because it was the best lesson plans on the planet. And you know, whatever it was like, Jocelyn was telling them like, look, the problem with lesson planning is you're doing it from three to eight. You can make your own lesson plans. We're not smarter than you. This isn't rocket science, but if I do it for you, you can go to your kid's dance recital. You can hang out with your husband and, or your wife and watch a TV show, right? So we were solving these very specific problems for a very specific group of people. So we didn't need a big audience, right? And also, too, we were replacing our income, not just flash in the pan. So many people want to go out there and do a million-dollar launch or whatever. But what happens the day after the launch and, you're, and you have no more customers, you know, you got to do it all again. You got to put in 80 hour weeks and you got to have launches and you got to do all this stuff. And like what we do is we teach people, no, get a couple hundred people to pay you $50 a month. That's $10,000 a month, 120 grand a year, make six figures and stabilize that as your floor and sell them once. And then they pay you for a long time. When I got a member for this month, I know all those people are going to be here the next six months, 10 months, 11 months, whatever it is. So now I'm building a steady paycheck with the membership model, with online business. My customers are all over the world. We had, uh, so we have, we sold lesson plans to schools in every state in America. Wow. I don't care what Georgia's doing or what Florida's doing or what California's doing or what Idaho's doing because I got people everywhere, right? So I'm, I have all this risk. It's almost like multiple streams of income paying me from different places um, all for the exact same thing. So we had figured out this way to take just are you one chapter ahead of somebody else? Help the person behind you. Get a couple hundred of them. Create stable, predictable income. Now go live your life. Now be free. You know, we're talking right now. It's one thirty, three o'clock. I'm picking up my kids at school. I've done it every day for 10 years, their whole life. They don't even know what it's like not to have mom and dad pick them up or take them to school every day. Um, and that's what we try to create for people um, and what we do now. Yeah, I mean, you're living life on your terms. And you know, what I like about that is essentially, you figured out this model, you said about 2013, right? Yep. You know, so you could have essentially taken this model, and just gone off the grid, right? But that's not how you and I met you and I met because you are actively improving your skill set so that you can go out and be able to build your audience to teach more people this model, so they can do it for themselves. Yes, like, that was probably one of the coolest things as you were explaining to me, like, you know, forget me, like, these are what some of my students are doing. These are what some of the people that come to me, and they learn this process, you're sharing it with other people, and you're watching them get amazing results. I mean, can we talk about that? Like, what, yeah, man. what point yeah. did you mentally make that shift to say, like, all right, cool, like, let me pass this on to others? I mean, it, it was it was a weird evolution, because like, you know, my first introduction, when I found Pat, I started, of course, consuming every piece of information I could find about entrepreneurship and online business. Well, at the time, the biggest thing out there was the four hour work week with Pat, with Tim Ferriss. Oh, yeah. And um, so I started, I read that and I was like, dang, man, that's crazy. Like, you can really do that. And I think I kind of misread it because, you know, we all think that's the four hour work week. Like, right. And we had created that. Like, I mean, our, our stuff was static. It was evergreen. Like we were making money. I remember one time I was at the, uh, I went to the SEC championship in like 2014 or 15. And uh, I was sitting there at halftime. Kentucky was throttling Arkansas. Kentucky's my team. And we were just, I mean, their fans were leaving at halftime. It was just ridiculous, right? It was that year we went like 30 and 100 or something or one or something like that. And uh, we were just killing them. And I was sitting there with my feet propped up on a Thursday watching the playoff or Friday and like middle of the day, basketball game, national television. And I remember uh, at the time I had a uh, PayPal, but uh, alerts. 
So when people would pay us, it would go cha-ching and like a little notification would come out. Like somebody bought your membership or paid your payment or whatever. And I remember I just kept getting sales during this game. And I was like, this cannot be real life. Like this is what he was talking about. You know, you're just, your, your team's winning. You're not working on a weekday and you're making money. This is ridiculous. And that went on like for a while. And finally we were like kind of getting bored and we were kind of like, this is like, I don't know, this, this is awesome. And we're doing great things for people, but this is like, it was kind of boring, you know, and, but it was still cool and we were making money. And then, you know, all all the people where I'm from don't get what I do because I live in Southeast Kentucky, not a lot of online entrepreneurs floating around the mountains around here. You know what I mean? And, uh, and people asked us, like, what are you doing? This is crazy. My mom thought we were selling drugs. I mean, all sorts of stuff. It was wild when we quit our jobs. And uh, But one of our friends actually said, hey, what are you doing? Do you think I could do that? You see, I, I've got this thing I'm running toward. I want to homeschool my kids. And I think if I was making money on the Internet, I could quit my job and do that. And we were like, sure. So we showed uh, our friend, her name was Lindsay. We showed her how to create content. We showed her how to get it online. We showed her different ways to make money online just in case it wasn't perfect, what we wanted to do. And, and wouldn't you know it, man, about three or four months later, she quit her job and she wow. was making enough money she, and she's homeschooled her kids ever since to, to this day. Like, you know, it's almost 10 years ago, actually. Yeah. It was about 10 years ago now and uh, nine, 10 years, something like that. Well, I didn't, I still didn't think anything about it until a few months later I was at church and I was walking the back way trying to sneak into the nursery and like cut line and get there before everybody like from the service breaking up and I ran into Lindsay's husband and he came up to me and uh you know he kind of had tears in his eyes and he was like can I, can I tell you something Shane you got a minute and I'm not sure man and uh he goes I just never thanked you for what you and Jocelyn showed Lindsay like like that not only let her quit her job and pursue her dream of homeschooling and it not only gave our family a sense of financial peace of mind and security for our bills, but man, like we just got back from a trip to Florida and I know that me working one income, I would have never been able to afford that vacation with my family. And it was all because of the money that she's making through online creation, online business. And not just that man, like, you know, her, you know, my wife's dream was to homeschool our kids, but I have a dream too. I've always dreamed of being a a college professor but I've never wanted to go back to school and borrow the money because I didn't want to put my family in that much debt just to get my PhD. But we're making enough now extra each month where I'm going to be able to pay for this as I go. So I'm going back to school and I'm going to be a college professor. And he is, he's a he teaches at like Eastern Kentucky university right now. And, uh, and he's like, I just wanted to thank you. What you taught us changed our life, changed our family's future forever. And now I'm crying. I'm balling and I'm like, you know, dust in the air, bro. You know, and we hug it out and I, I got in the car and, uh, and I told that story to Jocelyn. I said, look, what, listen, what happened to me right after church. And I was like, what, you know, if, if this changed our life and our family's future and what, and what, and when we shared it, it changed Lindsay and JT's future, right? Maybe, maybe this could change other people's future too. Maybe we could help people get there faster. Maybe you wouldn't have to be standing in your bathroom all by yourself wondering if this was real. Like I had so much trouble piecing it together myself. Like what if we could create a step-by-step process, show people exactly what we did, teach them the membership model because all other models are inferior in our eyes to the membership model for freeing your family. Like all you need is a hundred people to pay you $50 a month to make 60 grand a year. 200 is 120. Every that's, that's higher than the median income of, of, of American paychecks right now is over 60 grand. So like if you could, if you could do that and this is possible, 
like maybe we should teach other people. So that's that's when we launched uh, Flip Lifestyle. It's a funny story because we went out and uh, met Pat Flynn, and uh, and I and I went out and met him, and I told him our story. And I'd been emailing Pat. You could still email him back then before he was a big rock star podcaster. And I was emailing back and forth and kept him in line. I told him when we could our job. And we went out and met him. And uh, at, he was hosting an event. And I told him, I was like, we've got this idea. Um, we want to call it Flipped Lifestyle because my mom thinks we flipped out and we went crazy. And I think it's hilarious. <laughs> and, you know, like, and, and, I, and I was like, I just think that we have this unique voice of a couple um, really family focused, like entrepreneurs. We're not trying to go out. I mean, I, you can make, I got, I got students that are making $30 million on their membership, right? You can make millions, but you can also be like, I'm going to build the life I want. I want to make 120 and I want to go do whatever I want 20 hours a week. Like you could totally do that. Right. And like, uh, you know, so we got this idea and he's like, do it, man, you got to do it. In fact, why don't I interview on my podcast? I want you to come on my podcast. I want you to tell everybody about this and I want you to tell them what you're doing. And, uh, and so we went on Pat's podcast it exploded. I mean, we ended up featured in Forbes, Business Insider, like all these crazy opportunities just kept falling into our lap, man. And God just kept opening doors. And um, it got to the point where in 2017, man, you know, elementary librarian was still on autopilot. We were a little bored with it. Flip lifestyle was blowing up. And we were like, Let's, this is so much meaning and purpose here. We need to probably go all in on this. So we actually put elementary librarian for sale back in 2017. We sold it on a contract for 1.1 million. And, uh, and then we use that money to, uh, we use that money to seed our house, our lifestyle and, uh, and, and to get flip lifestyle up to the, ne- to the next level of where it is today. So yeah, man, I'm just on a mission now, man. I want to free families. I want to free people from the fears and the bondage of income. Um, I want people to, maybe you love your job and you just want to, you know, maybe you want to go get like you know, 20 people to pay you $50 a month and have an extra grand a month to, to do whatever you want with or save for kids college, or maybe you want to replace your income and go full time. Um, we teach people now how to do that through the membership model. And I'm on a mission, man, to shout it from the rooftops, baby, everywhere to go. Yeah, everywhere I go, man, income equals freedom. Let's go make it online and everything will work out just right. So man, that's how we got here today. Insane, right. Because like, like you said, it was an evolution, right? Where you're mm-hmm. at a place where, I mean, the fact that the elementary course was still running on autopilot, that you're able to sell that thing. And now someone else is working with it. You set that up years back and it still ran as you kept doing new things. These multiple streams of income never stopped coming. And now yeah. you're going out, you're showing other people, you're teaching them exactly how to essentially acquire it for themselves. And you're getting to have that experience of watching a person's life change, right? It's because incredible. I like that you're preaching what I call, you know, focusing on the lifestyle where you're not just focusing on the income, right? Because I've seen this happen where everyone get focused, they get really focused, hyper-focused on, hey, I want to earn this amount and I'm going to do this to get there. There's a lot of different ways to get there, right? Yeah. But what sort of lifestyle do you want to live after getting there? What sort of- Oh, you can, you can make as much money as you want. But the problem is if you don't think it through, you might not that like the same amount of money in the same space in one space doesn't produce the lifestyle that the same amount of money in another space does. And, and, and that's what we want everybody to do first. It's why we, we actually call our people family focused entrepreneurs. That's who we draw in a lot is because people, and we all have a different, I'm not trying to tell anyone how their family should live, but we all have different goals and dreams for our family, right? Like, so you got to look at your family. What do you want for you? What do you want for your spouse, your partner, your significant other? What do you want for your kids, right? What do you want for the people around you? And then the business must be created to support that, not just the income 
uh, to support that. The income gives you the opportunity to create the life you want, right? We always got to, money's the way the world works. You just got to deal with it, people. You got to make money, you know? But the business itself has to function in a way to let you do that. Like real estate, like if you're in real estate, like you got to, that, that, lifestyle is different than the online entrepreneur who's podcasting all day. Or if you're in the stock market or if you're in, you know, a barber shop, right? I got this buddy, man. He's got this amazing barber shop called modern barbarian down here. Like he's built his life exactly the way he wants it. Right. He gets to come in, he gets to go out. It's a, it's a place where you go joke. It's like the dudes hang out. You know what I'm saying? All the guys come in, we talk, we have fun, we talk about movies and and it's like that's the rustic feel. And he's like, yeah, I was working at Great Cliffs. And I said, screw this. I'd rather make a little less money and just go do whatever. Like the business creates his income, which supports the lifestyle that he wants. He's got a flip lifestyle just like that. Online business lets you do that. And you get to do your passion. And you get to lean into your knowledge and your wisdom. Like, right. We got people, man, doing memberships and everything. There's one guy named Kenny Triano. I tell the story everywhere I go because it's bonkers. He comes up to us and he's like, man, I want to make a living on chickens. I'm like, what are you talking about? Chickens? And he goes, yeah, chickens, man. He goes, you think I could make a money, make money uh, on chickens on the internet? And I'm like, well, Colonel Sanders made a bunch of money eating chickens. I bet you can make some money raising chickens or doing chicken, whatever you're doing. What are you talking about with chickens? He's like, well, I live in San Diego and I do urban backyard chicken farms. So like I raise chickens in my backyard kind of in a suburb setting. So I, there's this movement about backyard chickens, apparently that I didn't know about. Do you know about this? I didn't know about it. Nobody told me. I didn't get the memo. I figured that was and, uh, a cookie thing, man. Uh, yeah, no, man, this is worldwide, man. This is the middle of San Diego, California. This guy's doing this. Hmm. And uh, so he starts this. He's like, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Let's follow the method. So we always teach, you know, content, community, and coaching. That's the three elements of a great membership. So he starts creating a podcast called Bread to Perfection, where he talks about breeding chickens and raising chickens, gets chicken experts on the site and whatever. Um, he creates a membership community where he's got like all of his resources on like, like how-to manuals on how to keep your chickens alive, keep them healthy, all these things. Sets up an area uh, for his community to hang out. And then so other chicken farming loving people can talk to each other. And then he shows up and he asks, they can ask him questions because he kind of positions himself as the expert in doing this. <laughs> and uh, that, that dude has 200 people paying him $40 a month, man. There's 200 He's making, people that want to learn about chickens. Yes, man. And he, his Facebook page only has like 500 people on it. He got them all. Like he just was, it was so like, and he, he does such a good job with helping them. Um, and he's not like, I don't think he's got a degree from Texas A&M in chicken farm raising or whatever. He's just a dude who did this and loved it. He knew about it. He experienced it. So he shared it with the world and um, he did it consistently. He did it prolifically. He did it relentlessly. And now he's making six figures talking you know about chickens. It's crazy. So, I love that. Right. And this is like what I want to, cause Shane, I know people are listening right now and they're thinking, well, yeah, that's cool. But like, I don't have a skill, right? I don't know how to teach someone how to do something and what i love is even earlier you alluded to it when you spoke about one of the programs you had with the coaching right you were finding problems that you yourself were going through that's right right things that were already occurring in your life that you had to overcome or things that you were currently struggling with that's and right. i love that like that's so simple where I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure every single person on this problem, like on this planet has a problem. hundred like percent. We've all had a problem that we've overcome. And I like that. That's where you're almost, you're pulling your inspiration from there. You're pulling your content from there. You're pulling your solutions and value from there. All, all business ideas come from three places. This is, this is, if you'll listen to this people, I'm telling you, this will change your life, right? Business ideas come from things you, things you love, things, you know, or things you've experienced. 
passions, knowledge, and wisdom. Now, I don't know about you, but everybody out there loves something. Everybody out there knows something because they figured it out from a problem. And everyone has experienced things. Like we have a lady in our community. Her name's Robin. And she uh, had breast cancer, right? And she survived it. But what she learned after that was there was a whole lot of emotional baggage to live life again after that. Like you're you're almost guilty because all those some of the people you met in cancer treatment died. You're there's like survivor's guilt there. There's a uh, learning how to relate to your body again because it's changed after chemotherapy and cancer. There's uh, relationships. There's all these things about you survived. Now, how do you come back to life? So in all of our minds, we would say, wow, that's a terrible thing that she experienced. But now. Every time a woman gets cancer, she can reach back and she can say, look, you're going to get through this. We're going to talk to you about it. And when you make it to the other side, if you make it to the other side, I'm going to show you how to reintegrate to life. So her membership is teaching people how to do that. Right. So it doesn't even have to be a positive or a negative experience. It doesn't have to be that. It just has to be you went through something, which we would call a problem or a challenge. And you came out the other side with some answers. Right now, there's people on the other side of that problem that like that love the same thing that are trying to know the same thing are getting ready to experience the same thing. If you could just reach your hand back and mentor them and help them and guide them through the process, right? Then they're going to get there faster. They're going to get there easier. They're going to get there with less pain. You're going to be able to serve them and they're going to definitely be able to trade value for that, which is what we call the membership fee, right? So everybody has these things and you don't, you don't have to be expert enough. You don't have to be the expert. Um, I was an Owen 10 football coach. You know, if, if Marlon is broken down in the desert with a flat tire and he's a thousand miles from anybody and he does not know how to change the tire and an old boy comes up in a pickup truck and says, hey, Marlon, I got a tire that would fit your car in the back. I'll change your tire for 50 bucks. He's going to find $50. I promise you. He's not going to say, can I see your Goodyear mechanic certification? I want to know that you're expert and I want to know that you know how to work on my car here. You know what I'm saying? No, you're going to that guy has your solution. So, of course, you're going to pay him to solve your problem. and all we have to do is just put ourselves out there and tell people what we love, tell people what we know, tell people what we've experienced, and you will draw people in uh, who need the, uh, your help to get through their situation too. Yeah, no, I, I love it. You know, it's well said. And I think the scariest part for people is going to be putting themselves out there. But like you said, you're truly, that's where you get to provide value. That's where you're really going to connect with people, where you're really going to resonate. So I'm curious to know from you, right, as you you alluded to it a little earlier, right, as you started to step into the space, you're starting to make money, you're starting to experience bits of success. And now, essentially, you know, your family's wondering, like, what drugs you're selling, you know, <laughs> where, like, you're, the, like, you know, it's like, there, it's a different mindset, right? Because you came up from a different mental, yeah. place, right? You just knew how to work, you know, how to throw, your, throw yourself into business, kind of just be a cog in a particular system that didn't necessarily take care of you. So as you started to mentally change, did your relationships also begin to change? Was that Mm. something you had to curate? Was that something you let stay the same? What, what happened there? No, I, I would say that all my relationships changed like everything. Like, I mean, you know, we're all kind of taught this way growing up. Like, like I think about how the education system works, like, you know, you go to high school and then a lot of people go to college, right? Or, or we go to some kind of training. And if you think about the majors that are at high school, at college, right? Like 90% of them, Marlon, don't make over $100,000 a year, right? 90% of them. And we know that 100% of the ones below high school 
you're taught, oh, you got to do something else that can't make over a hundred grand a year, right? I mean, maybe a doctor or a lawyer, but if you don't make it to medical school or that or an engineer, you're not making over a hundred grand, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to think this program mentality, not only in your mind that you got to overcome and realize I can go out and make over a hundred thousand. In fact, I can do it without a college degree. In fact, I can do it with just my ideas and rolling up my sleeves and opening my wallet and investing in myself, right? So when you figure that out, you got to remember the other 99% of the people have not figured that out yet. They are in the system. It's like the matrix, man. Like they're, they're like they, they're in their groove. They're on their railroad track. That's fine. I'm not dogging anybody, but you can't expect them to understand what's happened. And you have to expect that it is going to change your relationships. I saw uh, the lead singer of uh, smashing pumpkins one time on Joe Rogan. And he was like, yeah, man, we made our first $10 million when the album blew up and I went home and my, my friends were like, God, you've really changed. And he's like, yeah, I made $10 million. That'll change it. Right. Like He's like, yeah, it's different. And um, you know, when I left teaching and I left coaching, you know, I turned to the page. That chapter is over. That's just, I still love those people. They still love me. And we look back fondly on our time together, but we don't talk. I mean, I've not talked to any of some of those people in 10 years. Um, it's hard when you pull away from family a little bit financially. Um, you know, I have an amazing family, like an incredible family, great brothers. And, um, you know, they love me. They're proud of me, but it does change the conversations a little bit sometimes, you know? Um, and yeah, it, it makes it different, but it's kind of like, that's Okay. Like it's, it's okay for things to change. It's okay for your relationships to change. It's okay for you to grow. It's okay for you to be a different person. Like, what is it every 10 years or something? All the blood cells and everything in our body replaces it with new blood cells. You ain't the same person you were 10 years ago. Like literally physically, you're not the same person. Why should you be spiritually or mentally? It doesn't make any sense. So yeah, man, it's an interesting thing. And you know, but I I do think it's all bloomed and blossomed into something even more amazing than what I had before, which was amazing, you know? And, um, and, uh, you just have to kind of say, Hey, ch- things are going to change. If I win, like you're, you can't hang on to exactly what you have and get something different, not more, not better, different, right? You can't be on the top floor and the bottom floor of your house at the same time. It's the same thing with success. So, you know, expect change, embrace change, honor the, ch- honor the change. And that's when the things you really want will happen in your life. I heard this great piece of advice uh, the other day from an amazing person. Uh, her name's Erin File. She's my mindset coach. And uh, you need to interview her, actually, on this podcast. Go and uh, she, she told me that when you say I should do something, it's what someone else wants. I should do this. Well, someone told you that. Someone prepared you for that. Or, you know, we, we as a group, we shouldn't chase this opportunity. We should stay together, right? That should is something else. But when you're like, I want to start my own business. I want to not work for anybody else. I, that's when you lean into it. And that's how you know that fear has showed up. Well, there's no fortune without fear. So fear comes from the want. Safety, security, the same comes from the should. So when you feel that in your life, like, oh, what if something changes? Good, let it change. It's fine. If you want it, expect the change. I shouldn't do that. Really? You shouldn't do it? Or someone else has told you you shouldn't do that. And then that'll help you kind of overcome that fear and kind of put yourself out there and just see what happens. You know, man, I love that. Right. Because that's the conversation that most people never have. Right. It's in the back of their minds, but they never express it. And they're so afraid to let go of the relationships. They feel that, hey, if I let go of this relationship, it's almost going to be gone forever. And they want to hold on to it. Something new is going to come. Something's going to evolve. And, and maybe it's just different. Maybe it's better. Right. Maybe, maybe what you have now is not as good as you think it could be. You just, it's right. all you know, you know, it's that trap of comfortability, right? Mm. We get trapped in being comfortable and it's familiar. Mm. Right? And unfortunately 
we know on the personally, I truly do believe that I think everybody internally knows what they actually want. And it's just freaking scary when you realize, holy crap, that's what I do want. And that's totally night and day different from what I'm currently living, currently what I have. And yeah. to walk away from this, you're going to face rejection. You're going to face embarrassment. You're going to feel like everybody, you're letting the whole world down. But I personally, I don't think if you're living into your true self, you're doing right by the world. The world yeah, is man. more. Hey, when I left, I actually sold insurance for my dad. I don't know. If, I've, I don't know if I've ever told the story before. I actually sold insurance for my dad um, right after college. Kind of that was kind of his plan. Like, hey, you should come into the bit. My brother does it. He does it. You should do this. Should 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 should. Right. So I did it. I hated it, bro. I am not a filing cabinet kind of guy. You know what I'm saying, man? I would stay. There used to be this like cow pasture across the uh, highway from my house or from my office that I sold for my dad. And there was these cows and they would run around out there and just do it. And I would watch them all day, just playing and drinking and peeing and whatever they were doing out there. And, uh, and I used to be there, man, I wish I was one of those cows. Those cows are free. They're not trapped in this office in this filing cabinet. And I'd be like, I'm crazy. I'm going crazy. I wish I was a cow. What am I doing? That was stupid, man. And like, I actually, the first big leap I made was like, you know, I had a degree in education, but I wasn't pursuing my master's or a job. Or uh, football coaching, even I wanted to coach football, and um, yeah, I remember that uh, I had to go tell my dad. I was like, you know, Dad, I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to get my master's, and I'm going to pursue this coaching gig, right? Uh, football coaching, and I ended up moving uh, to another state. But I remember that was really hard because that was my dad's retirement plan, basically. And I was twenty, you know, and I was screwing it up. And my other brother was supposed to come in, and everybody was supposed to live on the same street, and you know, and everybody had all these dreams and visions, and like but they weren't mine. Like, I mean, I love them. I, I, I want to be a part of that, their life. You know, I just didn't want to be a part of that life. And like, until you make the bold move to get to your big dream, it just, it can't happen. And like, you're just living somebody else's life. The longer you chase somebody else's should. So I, I remember that, man, it was hard. That was the most gut wrenching day of my life. Um, was to tell my dad, like, I'm not going to do this anymore. And, um, but that, that, gave me strength later on to leave college football. People thought I was crazy. I had a job at Bowling Green University written for me, you know, uh, coming out of West Virginia or Eastern Kentucky. And uh, I turned it down and they were like, are you crazy? It was a no interview job. The coach like was hiring me based on someone else's recommendation. And uh, I was like, now nah, I'm going to go to high school. And everybody thought I was crazy, man. But that's what I wanted at the time. I wanted more time with my family. I want more time with my wife. So yeah, man, you got to don't listen to what people tell you you should do. <laughs> You know, like, I could tell yeah, you, man, you just changed somebody's life. Like somebody's mm. listening to this right now and they just had a huge wake up call. Nice. Uh, I got to tell somebody, that story more. I've never, I don't tell that very much. Or yeah, seriously, man. Like that's powerful, right? Cause essentially living life on your terms, it's crucial. So listen, I want to be respectful of your time. Cause I could talk about this stuff forever, mm -hmm. right? but you know, I want to ask you two main questions. I ask everyone that comes onto the show, these questions. Right. Number one, I'm really big in reading. I'm really big about, you know, focusing on what comes into your mind, whether it be ideas, whether it's conversations you're having with the people in your environment. Uh, but books are one of the fastest cheat codes next to podcasts and videos to be able to absorb thoughts and information from others. So I don't know if you're a big reader. I imagine you are. But oh, yeah. So there we go. I love it. You know, so if so, what, you know, one or two books, no more than two were complete paradigm shifts. When you read these books, your mind never quite went back to being the same since. 
Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a series of books that you should read is my one. And then I got another one that's really changed my life this year, actually. Um, um, anything by Mike McCallowitz. So my, yeah, man, I love Mike. He's been on my podcast. We've uh, got to connect a few times. I've been on his show and talked to him and, um, he has two books in particular, but they're all great. But, but, uh, the pumpkin plan and profit first, mm-hmm. if every business owner would read those two books at the very beginning of their journey, they would avoid so much financial and time pain in their life because they would get focused and they would get their money right. So I really recommend Mike McCallowitz's books. Anything he writes is gold. I buy it immediately as soon as it comes out. Okay. Um, so that's like a series more because they are like a trilogy. It's not really like a, uh, they're not like individual books. They're designed to kind of be read in that order, you right. know? So uh, check those out for sure. He's got one called the toilet paper entrepreneur, which is awesome. <laughs> and, uh, but like those, those two books, especially, but th- this year, man, I've, uh, I've really been getting into philosophy and, um, I highly recommend everybody get the Gregory Hayes translation of Marcus Aurelius meditations. Um, this guy is the emperor of Rome 2000 years ago. And he is going through everything we're going now. Nothing's new under the sun people. Like he's, there's a, there's actually a section in it where he's talking about how he doesn't want to get out of bed because the covers are warm. And I'm like, this is the emperor of Rome 2000 years ago, struggling with getting up and getting after it. Right. And it's a, he wrote meditations, not as a, you know, you should do this. He wrote it as looking in the mirror. It was his journal. He never knew this would be published. And he was like, it's the emperor of Rome looking in the mirror going, you piece of crap. What are you getting into today? What are you doing, man? Why aren't you doing what you know you're supposed to do? And um, I've read it four times this year already, um, you know, over and over and over again. I I wrote in it so much. I had to buy a second copy to take more notes. And um, man, if anybody's struggling right now with like mindset or focus or, you've put too much power of your life into other people's hands and you're not looking internally of what you can control. Um, I'd really recommend reading that. So if I was giving you a book right now, you were graduating from high school, I would give you uh, probably the pumpkin plan profit first and meditations. That's the three books I would hey, hand to somebody, man. Yeah. I freaking love it, man. I'd, I don't think I've had such a, a good book review like that. And Marcus Aurelius is insane. Like his thought process it's crazy. You know, the mindset's in, it's nuts. And like you said, nothing new is under the sun. Nothing. It's all the same. Just because we have Twitter. They didn't have Twitter, but yeah. they had the same problems <laughs> that we were griping about on Twitter about, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So I got a final question, and this is one of my favorite questions, actually. I want you to imagine that tomorrow morning you wake up, and when you wake up, you are a blank slate. You don't remember anything. You don't remember the incident with your son. You don't remember ever having worked and living through that cycle. You don't remember the entrepreneurship. You don't remember any, any of it. You don't remember the books. You don't remember your relationships. Now, when you're waking up, it's not like you're afraid. You're not in a saw movie. You're not freaking out or anything like that. You know, you're in a good calm place and you're starting to come to consciousness and a thought begins to bubble into your mind. And that thought, when it comes, you see it, you analyze it and you fully accept it. No questions asked. There's no doubts about it. For whatever reason, you're just like, okay, this is true, and I'm going to run with it, and I'm just going to go forward from here. What would you want that first thought to be that rebuilt everything? Ooh, interesting. I I, I think it would be this saying that I kind of live my life by, and I would hope that I don't think I learned this until later in life, and now it's so it's so concise to me on how success works and how relationships work that if you, if you just embrace it, 
like this is kind of what it is. And uh, it's be consistent, prolific and relentless. Like I, I, I live and breathe by that. And I would, I would, pr- if that could be my first thought at birth, I know my life would have always been better because like in everything you do, if you do it, if, if whatever you choose to do, you do it consistently, which means you do it regularly. You don't mess up. You don't let people down. You don't sh- not show up, right? You, you're going to show up when you say you show up. If you do it prolifically, prolific is a word that escapes so many people because, you know, people want to go start the podcast and now they're, you know, you know, Joe Rogan. That's not how it works, people. Joe Rogan did it because he did it every day for three hours a day, flying people in, flying two people. And like he was prolific. So he was next level compared to what the average person would do. And then also that relentless word, like relentless really digs down in my soul because, you know, I've experienced a lot of tragedy in life and like, like hard things that I've had to overcome. And the reason people come out the other side is because you relentlessly push through it. Right. And um, that's kind of my catchphrase. I end all my podcasts with, you know, be consistent, be prolific, be relentless. Um, because if you do th- if you do those three things in any situation, relationships, business, health, life, you can't fail. You cannot fail. You might succeed slower than others, right? And there's no guarantee you'll get it on the same timeline you want it. But you're definitely not going back to zero. So if I had to start at zero, and that was my first thought, I know I ain't never going back. So be consistent, prolific, and relentless in everything you do. Man, Shane, I freaking love that. You know, those are words to live by. And I like the the meaning behind it, right? The depth there. You know, you're mm. a very intentional person. Like the Like I said, the very first moment I met you, just the way you answered my question, I was like, holy crap, like this dude is intentional. No. <laughs> I've heard intense and sometimes intentional, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So I got a question for the people that want to connect with you, that want to follow you, that want to learn from you. How do they get involved? Like, where do they go to reach out and get a hold of Shane? Because I can guarantee you after listening to this, you made some new fans today. Cool, man. I, yeah. I, I, if you're a podcast listener, Come listen to my podcasts. I have two podcasts. One's called The Shane Sam Show, uh, where I interview the world's top experts, you know, authors, uh, entrepreneurs on the planet. I mean, we got a guest list that's second to none uh, over there. So check out The Shane Sam Show. Also, if you want to learn more about starting, building, and growing an online business and membership, um, I have the Flipped Lifestyle Podcast. A little bit different show. Um, I don't bring experts on. I bring my members of my community on, and I actually... Uh, feature them. We talk about their business and um, I actually give them a live coaching call right on air for an hour and everybody can listen in. Everybody can get tips. Everybody can learn. So check out my podcasts. And uh, also if you want to get started on your own online business journey, maybe you want more income, you want more freedom, uh, go to fliplifestyle.com slash free. That's F L I P P E D lifestyle.com slash free. And uh, we give everybody 30 days free full access into our community, into our program. And uh, if online business is right for you, you can stick around. If it's not, no problem. But uh, everybody can try it for free at that address. I love that, guys. I would highly recommend you check it out. Um, I'm going to talk to Shane about seeing if I can get you guys some sort of promo code after that free introduction or something so that you guys can go. I mean, he's the real deal, right? You guys know me. I don't bring anybody onto this show ever unless they're genuinely living what they speak about. And I met him in person. His energy is everything right so definitely connect with him. If anything resonated with it, I'm telling you right now, I'll put my head on the line. Like he is the real deal. So Shane, thank you so much for coming on the show today, man. Appreciate the opportunity as always, man. Can't wait to share this everywhere online and with my people too, man. Cause you're the real deal yourself, Marlon.
appreciate that, brother. Hey, my brother's name's Marlon too. I don't know if I told you that. You my brother's name is Marlon. No freaking way. That is, man, and that's not a that's not a common name. You know what Dude, I mean? So, I meet maybe like one Marlon every three years. Yeah, I got one right here, man. My brother. That's right. Yeah, man. Yeah, good cool. people. Well, awesome, Shane. Well, we'll definitely be connecting soon, and I'll definitely have to have you back on the show in the future. Okay, guys. So I really hope you enjoyed that interview. Once again, I ask that if you receive any value at all, I mean anything, if one thing stood out to you, leave a comment below. Let people know what that thing was. Let us know what it was. We do read all of the comments and absolutely share this with a friend. That is how we help each other, okay? The best thing you can do is pass on knowledge and information that's helping you grow. Send that out to your friends. Help them grow. Build your network and build your power team. Let's all get this together. So I want you guys to click that share button, click that like button, subscribe. Make sure you're here for the next episode. And remember that the greatness is already inside of you.